0: Right? Right. So your team is responsible for email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign
1: optimization and scheduling? Your point? Why are you so relaxed? My team deals with five different solutions, tech support teams and just as many invoices and it's making us mental. What is it? Aromatherapy? Acupuncture? Why are you so relaxed?
0: You just have to simplify your tool set and unify your team. Lyris provides totally integrated email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign management, and calendaring functionality. It's all in one spot that provides a holistic view of all your team's efforts. And you get all of this functionality for $299 a month. So with Lyris, one company can do it all.
1: I feel like I can cancel
2: that acupuncture appointment already. To see how Lyris can simplify your life, Visit Lyrus.com or call 1-888-GO-Lyrus. Simplify, unify, and increase ROI with Lyrus today. SDS Chicago, the show,
1: come beat the cold. The Windy City, Chicago.
0: Chicago 2008 is coming to the Windy City December 8th through the
1: 12th at the fabulous Chicago Hilton Join thousands of your friends and colleagues at one of the biggest conferences as we wrap up 2008. Check out can't miss panels and keynote presentations from
2: Stanford Law Professor Lawrence Lessig and Omniture President and CEO Josh James
1: Search Engine Strategy Chicago December 8th through the 12th Log on to SearchEngineStrategies.com and register today. We'll see you there Dateline.
2: Search Engine Strategies in New York. March 18th, 2008. The date where the pursuit of PPC would begin. What's the name of your show? What's it going to be? We don't have a name yet.
1: PPC Rockstar. PPC (laughs) Rockstar.
2: PPC Rockstar. We're
1: going to have guests. We're going to have the biggest PPC people in the industry. People listening in the audience can give the information
2: about their landing pages, about their sites, their ad campaigns, and we will tear it apart on air and give them advice that we know will make them a lot of money right away. PPC Rockstar. Live broadcast Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm.
1: You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment webmasterradio.fm
0: a service of new gen broadcasting life tips making your life smarter better faster and wiser starts right now feeling better looking better making life better it's life tips life tips We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life tips. Life tips. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Welcome your hosts, Byron White and Amanda Smith.
2: Welcome to the show, everybody. We're happy to have you here, and we have. uh I hope today to solve all the problems of what's going on in the economy in one quick radio show. But before we do, Mandy, how are you?
3: I'm doing good. But you know what? I'm so glad we're doing this show because this is is the topic that needs discussing. I mean, I love talking green stuff, but every once in a while, I mean, you can't overlook this topic. This needs to be talked about.
2: Well, we are talking green, but it's the green that you put in your wallet, hopefully.
3: (laughs) It's true. Good. Very good. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> got to be quick around here. <laughs> uh, so now you're a Boston University student Mandy, why we have you? Uh
3: I was. Uh, I was. Cornered. I got my master's at my, my master's from BU and that is my my alma mater. I love BU. That's why, you know, when when we said we need to find somebody who really knows their economics, I thought, well, we got to go to BU. So we actually, we're going to have on Kevin Lang today. He's the professor and chair of the Department of Economics at BU. And he's going to be talking to us today about the recession and the current economic crisis and what's coming, what's in the future, what are we going to do?
2: He's also published a book on poverty and discrimination, and so he comes from an interesting angle and, um, and has over fifty articles and, in the academic community. So this is going to be really, uh, really interesting to chat with him and see what insight he has uh, before uh, Obama sort of brings him in and listens to this radio show and, and immediately decides he's a candidate that he wants to help straighten out the problem, which we hope happens for Kevin. Until then, should we take a quick break? We shall. We shall, indeed. Back in just a minute, everybody, with uh, Professor Kevin Lang, the professor and chair of the Department of Economics at Boston University.
0: Life Tips will be right back after this short break.
2: Are your domains locked to the max? If not, your online brand presence and your entire online business could be at risk from Internet thieves. Imagine the damage that you and your company would suffer if control of your domain was lost. Protect all of your valuable domains with MaxLock from Moniker, your domain asset management specialist. With MaxLock, even if your email accounts are hacked and your passwords are stolen, your domains are protected in your Moniker account. Transfer your domains to Moniker today. Powered by MaxLock, delivering maximum protection for your domains. Find out more at moniker.com slash maxlog. Okay, so you're telling me that if I put the GoCurrency converter on my site, all my international customers can see how much they're paying in their own currency? Yeah, GoCurrency.com has free currency converters, language translations, international clocks, everything you need to do international business. So how does it work? Conversion elves. Conversion elves? Yeah, watch. Want to know what this will cost in euros? Check this pages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated.
1: Quality
3: partners. Quality search. ABCsearch.com.
1: Just getting your feet wet on the Internet? Then dive into our stream.
3: WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the coolest place around. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're
1: everywhere.
0: And now, back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, better. Faster and wiser.
2: Here are your hosts. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Kevin Lang, a professor and chair of the Department of Economics at Boston University. Welcome, welcome Professor Lang.
1: Oh, pleasure to be here.
2: So, some challenging times out there in the economic world.
1: <clears throat> that, that's putting it mildly. I think they're the most challenging we've seen since uh, the Great Depression.
2: And it's interesting that you should open with that remark, because I was going to make a vow that none of us on the call today should use the D word.
1: <laughs> well, we, we, we aren't there yet, and I hope we won't get there. I mean, I, I do have to say that I'm very impressed with the economic team that uh, President-elect Obama has put together, and uh, they're well aware of the dangers of the Depression, and hopefully they can uh, put together policies that will prevent that from happening.
3: There's so much turf
2: that we want to cover here, um, and we're going to try to just be succinct in our questions and just get your thoughts and opinions on on where we are right now and where we need to go. Uh, but let's just handle the the, the, the automobile crisis and, and let's challenge let's let's challenge you with that. What's your take on where we are uh, right now and whether we should bail out the automobile industry in the U.S. here?
1: Well, I I think there. <laughs> Truman once said that President Truman once said that he wanted a one armed economist so they wouldn't tell you on the one hand but on the other, but that's exactly what i'm going to do i mean there's a there There are two sort of sides to this this issue here uh in the short run uh you know, obviously if any of the big three fails, let alone if all three of them fail, uh... There are going to be extreme ramifications in terms of what that means for for the labor market uh... particularly for unskilled workers and so li- limiting the extent of those layoffs is is clearly important uh... the, re- the real question is how you go about uh, limiting that and uh... you know the the big three are basically saying you know g- give us some loans and and bail us out that way and i think the question is well what are you going to get in return for those loans uh, and uh, that's that's where we really need to see some guarantees that we didn't necessarily see in the financial sector about uh, the compensation of the uh, of the CEOs and the other top people, uh, about what sort of guarantees there will be uh, of continued employment and what sort of plans there really are to get those companies back uh, in good financial shape. But it's a very different thing to... To lend somebody or a company in this case uh, billions of dollars in the expectation that we will get all that money back in a couple of years than it is to uh, throw it down the, down the sinkhole of companies that have made a lot of mistakes and so that 's on that 's on the one hand and on the other hand uh the big concern for all all these companies and all these bailouts is uh You know, most most of us make financial mistakes. We live with our financial mistakes. And if we have a policy that says some companies are are just too big to fail, then there's a risk that uh, there's no reason for them to do anything except behave in very risky ways that that pad the salaries of the uh, chief executives when things go well and cost the uh, public when, things do not go well. So I think whatever we do, we have to make sure there's a real cost for the people who made the bad decisions.
2: Hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the unions in general? You know, um, you know can we continue, and you'll, you'll, you'll perhaps hear some sentiment with what my thoughts are on unions, but, you know, can we continue to let unions, you know, have a placehold, you know, in, in the decision-making, and the driver's seat, if you will, of, of, of corporate decision-making?
1: don't well, unions need to go well unions mostly have gone i mean you're you're talking about one of the few industries uh in the private sector where unions still are important if you look back 50 years ago uh not quite half of private sector workers were in unions uh, now now we're looking at less than 1 in 10 the only really heavily unionized sector of the economy at this point is the public sector. State, local, and to a lesser extent federal, uh, uh, jobs are, are unionized. So, so United Auto Workers are really an un, unusual group to, to be looking at. And clearly they're gonna have to be at the table in any discussion of, uh, ha- uh of this bailout. Maybe, with regards to the bailout,
2: but you know if the big three automobile makers did did tumble and did did get pushed into a, a bankruptcy situation, or right. we did see them it and Ford's got a pretty good cash position right now, right. for example, um, General Motors obviously is in big trouble. but you know uh, don't you think that we could rebuild in in, in in a bankruptcy type situation with without the pressure of of you know the United Auto Workers? You know sort of dictating where money goes and how it's spent, and you know isn't it time to really consider that as an option and to let well, let,
1: let, I mean, let, the, let, the, let 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 the, let, 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 the, let me step back right and if you, if you're talking about the situation that the economy as a whole is in right i mean unions mm-hmm. just simply aren't important any longer in the in the private sector so um you know the problems that we're Seeing now are problems that occurred uh, partially from a, from a bubble and partially from bad public policy that helped cause that bubble, uh, and partially from, from some very bad management decisions. Both, um, particularly in the financial sector, but now we're also observing it in the uh, in, in the manufacturing sector as they're having trouble getting loans to carry to carry them over now. Would uh, the auto companies be able? Could could we step back, let the auto companies go under, um, and have them uh, come out of a Chapter Eleven with um, you know, having perhaps broken the union, perhaps uh, renegotiating? I, you know, it's it's very hard to say whether that in fact would happen. The fact that they would go. Into Chapter Eleven would, of course, uh, mean that they would no longer uh, that they would be in a position to renegotiate the contracts. Uh, but uh, whether they would succeed, they're still dealing with a powerful union. Uh, now, could somebody come along and buy the assets of the of the big three and create a new company? Uh, I don't know. That that seems awfully challenging to me.
2: Hmm. We better move out of that subject area, because there's too, so much ground to cover. Um, you know, here's an optimistic question. What signs should we be looking for with regards to
1: economic recovery? I think the first thing that, that we need to look for is for the cre- credit markets to unfreeze. I mean, mm-hmm. Part of the problem at the moment is that normally what we would expect in the example of the, of the big three, but also in lots of other companies, some of which really are not in, uh, in bad shape in terms of the profitability, uh, is that they would be able to get loans to help them with their, with their cash flow. And uh, at the moment, they're having great difficulty getting those loans. When we start to see uh, companies that seem to be in good shape Uh, Saying that uh, uh, you know they are able to get loans, that that'll that'll be the first step in the recovery.
2: Do you think that small businesses can help us lift our way out of a recession?
1: Well, I I think that the well small businesses are always important. Uh, They're part of the. they they do a lot of hiring they do a lot a lot of laying off as well but uh, the churning in the labor market certainly helps people who are, who are looking for jobs i think what what we need now is is we we need two things and so we we need we need the credit markets to freeze, and then we just need more spending and uh, what, we may be able to promote some of that spending by encouraging investment on the part of small businesses they can't do that investment until the credit markets unfreeze but once they unfreeze their investment certainly could be an important part of the recovery the market tends to be you know
2: stock prices are really pretty fascinating and what is your take on the the volatility of the market right now the ups the downs the highs the lows how long do you think we're going to see that for and and once you answer that question what is the real impact of this, this, these high swings and lows um, and, and in, in, in valuation of not just a stock,
1: but in valuation of, of the health of the economy? Well, I, I don't know how long we're going to go on uh, being in a volatile situation. The one thing I have learned not to do is to try to predict what the market's going to do over the next week or the next month. Uh, anything I do is is for a relatively long haul. Uh, that said, I think one of the things that the volatility does is to contribute to a to a climate of of fear i mean uncertainty in the market causes uncertainty elsewhere that makes people who are wondering you know, should I buy a new house or buy a new car or uh, pay for a more expensive college less certain that they have the funds with which they can do that. Right? So if we knew today that uh you know we'd we'd lost whatever it is that you've lost in the market, if you've lost twenty five percent of your net worth in the market, but you knew that was where you were, uh, you would be more willing to take on expenses then you are in a situation where you say, well, okay, well, it's twenty five percent. Tomorrow will I be down forty or will I be down ten? Um and so I think that is causing people to be reluctant to take on investments, to to buy consumer, consumer durables and that's all that reduction in demand is all part of what's hurting the economy. Hmm. Here's another complicated three part question <laughs> which is probably impossible to
2: answer but what do you think the general cause of the current crisis is, and what could propel us down even further, and what roadblocks are being put in place to sort of stop that that spiral spiral uh, effect downward?
1: Well, you know, the nice thing about asking about the past is that it's easy to tell stories about the past, so I appreciate that part of the question. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think that... that there's no question that what happened in part was that we had a housing bubble and a lot of people who probably should have realized that we had a housing bubble didn't. Um, And uh, when the real estate market was no longer able to support their loans, a lot of our financial institutions found themselves with with huge losses Uh, and faced with, with huge losses. A, they were not in a position to make loans themselves. B, uh, financial institutions do a lot of borrowing from each other, uh, in inter because they need short-term cash, depending on whether they they're getting in money or paying out money at that point. And they became aware of how uncertain they all were, and they became unwilling to lend to each other, which meant that uh, they too were again even in less of a position to uh, lend to people who wanted to borrow money for good reasons, and so. Uh, when you can't borrow money, you can't invest in some situations uh we had fire sales of of equity so that that's what started it that's um a lot like what started the uh lost decade in japan and I think the the rule that we learned from Japan is uh intervene in a big way you know, don't wait for everything to fall apart don't wait till you're forced to do more. Uh, step in quickly, we hope that turns out to be the right lesson because that's certainly the way um, both uh, Ben Bernanke at the Fed is inclined and the way the people who are advising uh, President like Obama are inclined. So we want to make sure that the the economy doesn't continue to shrink that we we step forward with uh, with uh, both the freeing up of the of the credit markets, but also, as I said, by investing in infrastructure um, in the United States that will create jobs immediately.
2: Hmm. Mandy, I don't want to dominate too much of the call, but my <laughs> brain's spitting like a CD ROM, as you can tell, but go ahead. No, I'm sure I love you've it. I've I'm, some I'm, important questions. Go ahead. I'm,
3: I'm learning loads. You know, I don't have a whole lot of an economic background. I am literally like Joe Schmo off the street, learning all these things as a, I'm reading the papers every day, but. And it, it, at its most fundamental level, what is the difference between a recession and, and a depression? And Whoop, the D how, word. <laughs> how, how realistic is it that we might actually slide into a depression?
1: Well, I, I actually don't think we have a formal uh, definition of a depression. I may be wrong about that. The uh National Bureau of Economic Research, which is a private nonprofit organization, which I think most people just learned about for the first time a day or two ago, is actually the organization that uh, uh, gives us the dates of our business cycle. And they just announced that we went into a recession uh, just about a year ago. Uh, the, the depression really is just a, is an extreme version of a recession. The worst recession. Of the post-war period, our unemployment rate went almost to to ten percent. Uh, if we talk about the the Great Depression, we were talking about uh, unemployment rates that are measured somewhat differently, so the comparison isn't perfect. But we're we're well into the twenties that they were. So uh, we're not looking in. Uh, at least, in the recent experience, we have not been looking at anything like what we experienced during the Great Depression, the current unemployment rate uh well, we'll find out what it was uh in November in two days. The October unemployment rate was six and a half percent could think, Could things get much worse um uh, again i you know as as I said before, I was thankful for being asked about the past rather than than the future. I'm I'm pretty hopeful that the kind of interventions that we're looking at uh, will prevent them from from getting much worse. Um, I think that you know it's quite possible that this will prove to be um, a long. I think it's likely that this will prove to be a longer recession uh, than any of the other post-war recessions. Uh, whether it will be the deepest recession remains to be seen. I'm hopeful that the uh, uh, the interventions will prevent that.
3: How heavily what are, a role has the war played in why we're in the recession?
1: I, I think the role that the war has played is not in creating the recession, but, but making uh, our response to it more difficult. The the war and, in general, the the Bush policies, which led to a, a large increase in the national debt, makes it much more difficult, uh, both politically and economically, to take the sort of steps that most economists think we need. We're now talking about uh, a trillion dollar deficit. Uh, when when you when you're doing that on top of a accumulated national debt of ten trillion that you feel you should be bringing down, not increasing, that restricts your, your willingness to, to intervene in the way that I think most economists think we need to. Uh, if we had avoided running up the red ink that we have run up over the last eight years, I think there would be much less concern uh, from the deficit hawks um, about these kinds of large interventions.
3: And what are we looking at with the Obama economic advisors now that he's beginning to build his cabinet? Are we looking at a good team? Do we think we've got some hope that he's building on? I
1: I I, I think we we have a terrific team. I mean, I think these are are really some of some of the best and the brightest. And uh, it's not always the case that the best and brightest come up with the best answers, but but it's 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 a group of people who are both creative. Um, and experienced. Uh, they they are capable of looking at this and saying, this is pretty much we're on uncharted ground now. I've been talking as if I really know what's going on, and I think I should emphasize that none of us knows exactly what's going on. As economists, this is a fascinating period to watch. But given that you need people who can, can think outside the box, uh, but are not you know, in, insane. You know, these are people who are grounded in experience and reality. I I, I have great hopes. They're not ideologues. Uh, they're not going to say this is the way things should be done. Uh, they're they're willing to uh, look at the situation and and face it as it is.
3: Good. Well, I mean, that makes me feel a little bit better. How about you, Byron?
1: Uh,
2: I'm going to wait till the end of the call before I assess how I feel. <laughs> we haven't gotten enough data yet. Um, what what do, what are your signs of uh, of uh, of of optimism for returning to investing in the, in the market right now?
1: Um, I, I can't say that I look at anything right now and and see uh, terribly optimistic signs. I mean, uh, everything indicates that that people are out there uh, very worried, and uh, when people are worried, they they, they don't invest there are people who you know step in when they think the the market has gone too low and try to pick up bargains, but I'm really more worried about you know are are companies out there um, hiring are they out there uh thinking about uh, buying uh new equipment in terms of one of the things that interests a lot of your listeners you know are are they buying out there buying green equipment uh, you know that that would be a great thing if if people started doing that, that would be the sign that we were beginning to turn this around mm-hmm.
2: do you look in and by the way, what is your thought on the whole you know the new the new green tech stock and in and the excitement that could potentially be generated in, in the in the public sector with regards to raising capital and money and putting it into our own resources here in the u s uh, what's your take on that? Do you think that that's our future? Is that is that where we're going to see a lot of wealth and a lot of investment and a lot of money being put into? Uh,
1: I, I think we'll see a lot of money put into that. Um, I'm I'm not an expert on what's a good investment there and what's not. Um, I think one thing that that's clear is when you had oil at a uh, hundred and fifty dollars a barrel, there was a lot of impetus to. Uh, go out and invest in such technologies. And so the question becomes, uh, how quickly will the economy pick up again? And if it does, are we going to see those kinds of oil prices again? if we do, uh, it, it, you know, we have, all of us are going to be out there uh, changing our uh, furnaces and uh, people who can build uh, more efficient solar panels or uh, more efficient boilers or, or whatever are going to be in a good position to get our business.
2: What do you read that that is that is interesting? What kind of publications are you finding are really documenting what's what's happening
1: in the economy extremely well? Well, I th- I, I think the the best place to go for sort of general interest economics is is always The Economist. Uh, it's a, it's an excellent magazine, and while it has a name that makes it sound like it's uh, written for professionals, it's it's really written for the educated layman, but uh, you know, e- even for those of us who are professionals, we we learn a great deal because none of us is an expert in all the areas of economics.
2: How about websites that you might track and find interesting, and and uh, particularly from the global perspective?
1: You know, I I, I, I confess that I, I don't follow a lot of the blogs. There are a couple that I. Uh, tend to go to um, on and off when something comes up. There's a site, I forget what it's called, it's run by Brad DeLong uh, at, at Berkeley. Uh, he's, a, he's a wonderfully interesting guy. Uh, and he, he tends to be, um, on, on the left, there's um, uh, one that tends to be uh, more on the libertarian side called the uh, Marginal Revolution, uh, which, you know, again, if you're trying to get uh, different perspectives; those are uh, people with very different political perspectives. let you see um, a broader range of views.
2: And how low do you think the Dow is going to go?
1: I wouldn't dare answer that one.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hope not lower. <laughs> do you,
2: a wise gentleman, indeed.
3: <laughs> um,
2: you know, do you do you have? Any prediction with how long? Well, or, or what what are your fellow economists saying with regard, with regards to when this supposed recession that we're in may end? We've heard some rumors I, I think in spring the- and fall, and I'm not sure how they calculate that. And maybe you could give some insight into the overall concept of predictions and how long this could last, and whether there's any validation for
1: anything anybody's saying out there. Sure. I mean, the, the the first thing to know is that even, even after the event, uh, the, the National Bureau of Economic Research is is very cautious about saying what happened. Right. So that should make you even more cautious about saying what will happen. It's you know I think most of us were pretty clear the that we were in a recession uh, some time ago. The uh, NBER did not, National Bureau of Economic Research Business Cycle Group did not declare that we were in a recession uh, until a couple of days ago. And then, then they declared that the business cycle had reached its peak in December and we had started into the recession in, in January. Uh, by the same token, I think the last recession they declared was over, I think they didn't declare it was over in, until about 15 months after. Uh, they said it actually was over so anybody who tells you they know what's going to happen um, is uh, very optimistic about their powers of prediction uh, who who not tell, tell me what's going to happen in iraq tell me what's going to happen in afghanistan tell me whether there there's going to be a uh, another uh... terrorist attack in any of the uh, major economies uh, tell me if there 's a famine going to break out somewhere, or uh, uh all those things we you know we simply don 't know what 's going to going to happen uh, to to agriculture uh, the the politics or whatever that said okay so that 's all the reason why you shouldn 't believe anybody that who predicts anything uh, about <laughs> the economy that that said um people use a variety of, of different techniques. At the, at the lowest level, there are people who stare at all sorts of indicators that historically have preceded a change in the business cycle. Uh, those approaches tend to over-predict changes in the business cycle. Um, but, uh, and there are other people who build – models of the economy with thousands and thousands of equations and and use that. All of them are basically going on experience to say, based on what we've seen over the last 50 or 60 years about the way the economy works, what do I think will happen over the next year or two? And to the extent that every year, every time period is unique, uh, we didn't have the same importance of... Hedge funds and and uh, derivatives. Forty or fifty years ago, in fact, we didn't really have it ten years ago. Uh, we're we're all guessing now. What are people guessing? I think the most optimistic people are guessing that it will run another uh, six months. Uh, that would still make it a, a relatively long recession. Uh, people who are who are less optimistic say it might run. Another fifteen months, and that would make it a very long recession. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we don't know. Hmm. Do you? uh,
2: Well, with regards to economic theory, do you think do you think we'll see some breakthroughs in 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 the overall academic community as a result of studying and documenting and you know, staying on the on the sideline for what's what's happening right now. I mean, are we are we at that level of uh, you know intellectual curiosity that we might have a you know a macroeconomics, a microeconomics, and a trouble economics? Or,
1: or you know, uh... <laughs> I, I think the trouble economics will be uh, built built into macroeconomics. It's certainly the case that the uh, Great Depression for a long time was. What all the great economists wanted to wanted to explain, and including Ben Bernanke, who uh. made a lot of his reputation from the study of the Great Depression, mm-hmm. uh, the the nineteen uh, the oil shocks of the nineteen seventies made us really rethink how we thought about macroeconomics. And I strongly suspect that uh, whatever happens over the next few years, together with the experience of Japan during their lost decade, will cause us to do uh, yet, yet more rethinking about, particularly how what's happening in the financial sector affects uh, production of goods in the economy.
2: One final question from me, and then we'll probably need to wrap up today, unless Mandy's got some other questions, but China. Um, we owe them a lot of money <laughs> um, as a result of our, our financing uh, uh, challenges. Um, what are your thoughts on that economy? and, 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 and in its, and its potential influence on, on the U.S. economy?
1: Well, I mean, it, it, there are a lot of things that one might talk about. I mean, one is I, I do find it worrying, more worrying than most economists do, that they own so many dollars. It, it gives them a great deal of potential uh, political and economic power. That said, I, I know that most of my colleagues have a more sanguine view uh, largely because it also makes uh, it in China's interest in, to make sure that our economy does well. They don't want to see the dollar lose a great deal of its value. Uh, in fact, it's actually gained value in this uh, current crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the longer run, I, I have been around long enough to remember when the big issue was whether when Germany was going to surpass us, then it was when Russia was going to surpass us, then it was when Japan was going to surpass us, and these uh, growing economies uh, do do run into trouble. Uh, they have difficulties. Uh, there's a lot of inequality developing in China at the moment. The growth is based on a very high rate of savings. And so I don't think it's inevitable that uh, they will maintain the high rates of growth that they've been ma- maintaining. That said, you know, after a lost decade in Japan, they are, they are coming back, and I would expect that China will continue to grow, as, as will India. Uh, the United States will not maintain its economic supremacy in the long run. That's, uh, history just shows you don't get to do that.
2: hmm Professor Lang, really fantastic having you on the on the show today um, and uh you know uh, should we be slightly optimistic? Should we keep believing in America over here is it are we going to be able to pull ourselves out of this one? What's your final take? Yes or no? Oh,
1: oh yes, we will pull ourselves out of this one and the and the really important thing I would say about being optimistic is for all those people uh who are in the situation that Amanda was in a couple of years ago who are looking for jobs. There are jobs out there. Keep looking. It's going to take longer. It's going to be a little harder. But in the end, it's the optimists who win the day.
3: Good advice. Appreciate
1: your time. Mandy, have we gotten (laughs) a positive vibe enough for
2: you in this call?
3: I do. I feel better. I'm a little calmer. Thank you so much. I think, you know, great advice all around.
2: Well, it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed it. Professor Lang, thanks for being on the show today. Hope everybody enjoyed a, uh, some some keen insight here from one of our fine universities, Boston University here in Boston, where we are. Until next week, everyone. I hope your your economic life was a little smarter, better, faster,
3: and greener for your wallet. <laughs>
2: Greener for your wallet. Okay. Well, that works. Thanks again uh, for listening, everyone. And uh, sorry about the uh, interruption of the show earlier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.